Hello, everyone. Welcome to Call. My name is William Hemsworth, and welcome to my show here on the Elevation Radio Network. Great to be with you all. It's Wednesday afternoon, and I'm very honored to have my guest today. Um, we have spoken before, not on this program, but his name is Bill Snyder, and he is the founder of Patchwork Heart Ministry. He was born and raised in the suburbs of Philadelphia. He's passionate. He's a passionate Catholic with a lively faith. And for over a dozen years, he's been an active member and leader in the Catholic Charismatic Renewal. And he holds bachelor's degrees in both theology, religious studies, and TV and radio production from the University of Scranton. Bill, how are you doing today? William, it's always amazing to be with you, man. And I'm doing great. Always, always a pleasure to talk to you as well. And it's this cool thing about technology, how you're in Pennsylvania, I'm here in Tucson, Arizona, we can connect like this. It's always a good time. So great, yeah. great talking with you. <laughs> yeah, man, thanks. Well, and, and and I know on other programs we've done, we've talked about the founding of your ministry, but with this being a whole new audience with Elevation Radio Network and Hope103.com, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how Patrick Hart started? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, back in 2012, um, I was at a youth conference with a whole bunch of uh, teenagers, and I heard the Holy Spirit um, kind of prodding me and going, I want you to start a ministry, Bill, I want you to start a ministry. And I'm sitting there going, dude, I'm just a small little youth minister in this little town of Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. Please leave me alone. <laughs> and he wouldn't shut up all day. Um, and so finally, I snapped back at the Holy Spirit. I said, give me a name. I'll start the ministry tomorrow. And for the rest of the conference, I wasn't bothered until I got in the car ride home <laughs> and um, uh, praying the last decade of the rosary with these kids in my car. And as I'm praying the last decade of the glorious mysteries, the uh, blessed mother and the Holy Spirit takes a two by four and whacks me across the uh, face with the name Patchwork Heart Ministry. Uh, it had a ton of personal meaning for myself because um, I am a survivor of three open heart surgeries. So that uh, right there, um, you know, me meant like, okay, this is the name that I want you to have for your ministry. Um, and I don't think I would have ever been able to come up with it on my own without the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Like there's just no way. So I said, okay, I'm going to buy the website tomorrow. Fortunately, patchworkheart.org was available uh, the following day. Uh, so, you know, that was another sign like, okay, the, you know, the domain name is available. Um, so, so that means you're going to have to do it. Um, and I didn't really know what I was doing uh, for many years. Uh, but back in 2018 now, um, I, 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 I turned it into a nonprofit uh, organization. I, I was doing some blogging and podcasting. Uh, but we kind of formalized things with a nonprofit back in 2018, uh, December of 2018. So we, um, I guess, are coming up on our anniversary here in a couple of uh, months there with the nonprofit again. But, you know, uh, it, it really is a media ministry. It's also a ministry that, um, you know, reaches into the hearts of young people and all people to remind them that, you know, uh, no matter what wounds and scars you have, the divine physician, Jesus, is the guy who can heal them. He can, you know, you know, make our hearts new. Uh, he, he sows his, uh, you know, patches into them to make us whole. Um, and, you know, I can't do anything. I always like to say I'm a divine physician assistant because because <laughs> yeah, I can't do anything. Jesus can do everything. Right. Amen to that. Now, you're a youth minister prior to Patchwork Heart. And you, you mentioned this conversation with the Holy Spirit. And he's like, you know, why don't you, why don't you start a ministry? 
Did you respond back saying, I'm already in ministry. I'm doing youth ministry. More, what more do you want from me? Did you have any, any thoughts like that? Yeah, I think, I, I mean, I think that I was like, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm giving you my heart here and this is what I really want to do. Uh, you know, reaching into the hearts and minds of young people. Uh, but I mean, there were so many twists and turns in my story, um, you know, that, that this is truly where the Holy Spirit wants me, um, you know, and, and, and he needs me. But yeah, I was, I, I was always kind of fighting that. Like, dude, I don't, I don't need to have all of this stuff. I can just be this little dude in this small town. Um, and you know, I, I still like to think I am, I have moved to Milwaukee, Wisconsin with my wife. Uh, now obviously we have an 18 month old or 17 month old son. Um, but the reality is like, Hey, um, you know, I still think of myself as, you know, somebody who, uh, is it, you know, on, on the ground floor of the church, not, you know, not high and mighty. Like I've got this big, <laughs> big ministry or anything. So what were those early years like when you started Patchwork Heart? What were some of the struggles, I guess? What kept you going? And let's start there. What kept you going? What were some of the struggles that you encountered starting your ministry up? Yeah, um, I'll tell you, there are so many uh, struggles when you first start. You know, um, I, I, I think finding the right people um, to work with is what was one of the biggest struggles. And I, I've had some amazing relationships with some incredible people. Uh, I remember uh, hosting my very first episode of Young Catholics Respond with uh, with a young lady who is now in, um, you know, uh, now a religious sister. Um, and we kind of lost touch. But, you know, there's I remember doing that all the way back. 12, and then uh, that kind of fell apart. And then there was a blogging thing that was going on for a while with a website that fell apart called The Papist. And so there was just all kinds of different things moving. Um, but, I, but I think, you know, on, on some level, there still is that. But I think um, when, you're, when, you're fi- when you're finding, you know, and trying to get your traction going, it, it, it's finding solid people to, you know, welcome into your ministry, to work with, to collaborate in a true spirit of collaboration, not something that, you know what, um, you know, I, I don't want to waste my time with like, you know, like bureaucracy. and I, I don't want to ra- like waste my time with that stuff. I want to do ministry. Uh, and, and if you want to do ministry too, uh, you know, like now I've got, you know, amazing partner and co-host uh, with Sewing Hope, my friend, Ann DeSantis, uh, the St. Raymond and Otis Foundation, uh, Ken Kahalski at Fiat Ministry Network. Like yeah. we've, we really found, you know, people that want to latch on that really want to do ministry. Uh, and look, she, uh, you know, Anne's in Philadelphia, I'm in Milwaukee, uh, and, and Kent is all the way in Ohio. And somehow, uh, you know, we, we figure out how to collaborate daily and, and do ministry. And this medium that we're on the internet, obviously that allows that in many great ways. Oh yeah. Now, and I guess one other thing in doing the show over the past three months, I've all I've run this question has come up a lot. You had a full-time job. Okay. You were in youth ministry and now you're starting your own ministry. What was that process like as far as finances go? And I'm not asking for numbers or anything, but um, I'm asking for more. What kind of faith did that take to make that happen? It is a daily um, stepping out of the boat. Uh, and, and just when, I mean, just when you think that that money's not going to be there, you know, to do a project or to do something, um, it shows up. Uh, and, 
and, you know, you just have to continually step out of the boat, you know, and uh, I was counseling somebody else um, I was I was talking with and um, he was saying, man, I just pulled the trigger and I just did this myself. <laughs> and I'm like, it's the scariest and most terrifying step you're ever going to take uh, to say I'm quitting my job. I am no longer going to have this safety net yes. of, you know, having a, you know, a W2 job where you're going to be, um, you know, doing all this and say, OK, step into ministry full time. Um, you know, and, and, uh, so with that, you know, comes a lot of faith, a lot of trust in the Holy spirit. But, um, you know, I, I, I lean on the words of Deacon Ralph Poyo quite a bit. Uh, and he's an amazing Catholic speaker. Um, he, he challenges men. He says, you know, uh, God is a provider. We are the protector. Don't ever forget that. And that God mm. is the ultimate provider and that he gave us the whole earth. And so if, if if you trust him and you protect what is yours, you, you, you're going to be able to step into that. Um, and so th that gave me a lot of peace when I was, uh, you know, you know, get, beginning in ministry and, and doing this a couple of years ago, really in, in earnest. Thank you for those wise words. I know there's a lot of people out there that really need to hear it. Now with Patrick Hart, you're, you're doing a lot of things with Patchwork Hart right now, and you've been doing a lot of things. Of course, you have Sewing Hope, which is a great show. You all need to check it out. Um, you're doing some stuff with Carolina Catholic Radio, if I'm not mistaken, right? Can you tell us yeah. a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the Carolina Catholic Media Network uh, is a um, is an AM radio station in Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, 1270. If you're in that area of the country, uh, you can listen to it in the Charlotte area. Uh, and I do a program called The Remnant with uh, Ray Haywood and Stephen Thomas. Uh, Ray has a uh, ministry called uh, Tools to Ready the Journey for Men, um, and, it, and it's a book and all that amazing stuff uh, that he does for men's ministry. And Stephen Thomas is a, um, is a candidate and uh, graduate student uh, in, uh, at Baylor University, and so he's plugged in. So we've kind of three different generations. Uh, and then with my um, tech skills and editing and all of that jazz, um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I do a lot of their production. So uh, you know, helps, helps pay bills too, but, um, it, it's, it's certainly another ministry aspect, um, you know, for me and, and it's wonderful to be able to, uh, do professional radio and, and also, right. uh, evangelize at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And you do, you're doing so many things. And one of the projects I'm really excited about is you're working on a documentary on the shroud of Turin. Now, for those that may not be familiar, can you tell us a little bit about the shroud of Turin and, um, this documentary you're working on? Yeah, so uh, Kent is our good friends. Kent Kaholski, uh, Fiat Ministry Network, is good friends with Brian Walsh, uh, who just happens to be uh, the executive director of the Shroud Center in uh, Richmond, Virginia. And he was doing some projects on and off with him. And I said, hey, has Brian ever considered doing a documentary? And so um, he was. So he reached out and he goes, yeah, Brian would be in. And so I was like, neat. Uh, let's see if we can do this and actually do a full-length documentary on the Shroud. Uh, the Shroud, for people um, who may not know, is the uh, it is the supposed burial cloth of Jesus. Uh, it's not a new discovery. It's something that has existed, uh, you know, really we hope since the first century, uh, but has been residing in uh, San Giovanni Battista, which is the uh, cathedral in Turin, Italy, since 1578. So. Um, there's been many different studies on it. The most 
um, the most in-depth study was in 1978 uh, when uh, when they did a lot of work on it. Then they did the uh, the fabled uh, or the very popular popularized uh, study that everyone likes to quote on the carbon dating in 1988, <laughs> right, right. Um, which which came back with dates in the Middle Ages. So uh, there's but then there's a new study out by Brian, um, which we put in the documentary. Uh, about about that and you know what they're finding with uh, some retesting some of that data from the 1988 carbon dating uh which he, which he just released in 2020 so there's you know there's it's ongoing study uh and there's so much there um i mean nasa's involved i mean there's just so much oh, wow. uh that that we can um learn from the shroud and and testing re retesting the data that was collected you know now that we have updated technology um, you know, we have that that window in the trial, but um, our approach with the documentary uh, was really three three different focuses. So we have Brian, who's an expert there. Uh, we also have a, a gentleman by the name of Richard Bernaches, who is the uh, founder of Faith Based Communications, and he travels the country giving lectures on the Shroud of Turin and also on uh, the uh, Eucharistic miracles. So he is uh, very plugged in. Uh, to this. He's also a researcher and expert on the Shroud. I got an opportunity to interview him. And then um, the third aspect, the third wing was actually uh, what we, was something we really wanted to do uh, by by actually asking the average Joe what they think of the Shroud. And you know, we, don't, we didn't have access to the actual Shroud of Turin, but we had access to a 14-foot 14 14-foot 14 replica uh, display with all of the scientific information. So we set it up at my parish and we, and, uh, and another parish in Ohio. And we asked people to come through the exhibit. Uh, and then when they left, we did exit interviews with about 10 people, um, who saw the replica shroud and all the data that was presented, um, from this man of the shroud exhibit, which is available around available for any parish for free around the country. It's a traveling exhibit. Um, you can take it and have it at your own parish um for free uh through marytown in libertyville illinois so um okay. so we so we partnered with them they let us film the shroud they let us you know film anybody who wanted to come through it was really cool um so the, so it's those three aspects and we're approaching it from the faith aspect because both brian and richard are believers they're catholic you know people uh who who are you know happen to be researchers on the shroud who believe really that it is the shroud you know the you know it, it's authentic i should say so it really i mean it is a shroud we just it, right, it, right. It, you know is it authentic um so you know we're approaching it from the faith aspect it's not just you know another scientific documentary because you can find that on history channel there's a gazillion of them we want to approach it from you know it who do you say i am is the title of the film uh you know who do you say i am and that's a personal question to the viewer um, and something we try to answer collectively in the documentary. Yeah, and something that Jesus asked in the Gospels, too. Who do you say that I am? Exactly. Now, you mentioned a moment ago that you were talking to people about the Shroud and what they thought. What were, what were some of the responses that you received? Um, you know, it's incredible. And uh, the people that come to see the Shroud are very diverse. So obviously it's men, women. Uh, but, I mean, we have a Protestant pastor. We have a Catholic priest. We have, um, you know, all, all of these uh, different people. Seminarians are in this. Uh, Franciscan seminarians. So we have a wide, wide range of people. And everybody we interviewed walked away with this is Jesus. <laughs> like okay. when you're presented with all this evidence, this is Jesus. And you know, some people were skeptical when they walked in. 
you know, there's, there's, there's one guy, it's really funny. I think um, you can, you can actually hear his wife, uh, you know, prompting him with the, with the uh, responses on, on the, on the video she's like you know say this and say this and say this and, uh, <laughs> and it's really funny um you know because she didn't want to be on camera but she was like my husband will be on camera so you know it was kind of neat how um the dynamic of that interview was but there's there's so many different um there's so many different um beautiful aspects of the people you know and their their encounter with it because it really truly is an encounter and when you see a 14 foot replica um you know because Right now, the general public has no access to the shroud. I mean, you can't go to turn. It's it's hidden behind a thing. So when you see this replica um, and, you know, it's it's made of, you know, uh, cotton cloth or whatever, you know, uh, when you when you see it in person, you just go, oh, wow. You know, and then and then you read there's 30, like 35 different panels or 33 different panels of information that you read about this and all the different studies and you go through this whole exhibit. It takes you probably a couple hours uh, to go through it. If you want to read every panel. Um, and, and when you do that, when pe people are like, man, there, I, I don't have any other, I don't have any other answer for you when you, when you walk out and you, you, know, you come to our cameras and say, who is this guy? It has to be him, you know? Um, but I think that that was amazing to see that for my own faith too, because you know, obviously I'm a believer in it. I'm, you know, I'm a, but there's a lot of people that may not have been until they saw it. And so I think that was super for my faith too. Like, yeah, this is having an impact in people's lives and in, and in their faith. It's not just, you know, some, you know, relic studied by scientists. This is actually having it really in, in real people's lives and, and moving them closer to Christ. And that's what we all want. Right. Now, what would be the significance of, how do I word this? What would be the significance of the shroud in the everyday Christian's life? What is its significance? I know you mentioned a moment ago, we're in closer to Christ. Yeah. But what would, obviously yeah, that's I, significant, but what would the significance of it being the actual berry cloth be? Well, I mean, look, if it is, which, you know, Brian, Brian clearly states in the documentary um, that, that there is, we are probably still with technology where it comes a hundred years from giving it any type of actual definite proof that this mm. really is. But if it is right, if we are able to say that this definitively is the burial cloth of Jesus Christ, then it, it ratifies the gospel as yeah. completely true. I mean, you know, it, it ratifies it. Right. And, and when we, in, you know, that, but that also is dangerous too. Why? Because, you know, as a believing Christian then, or a Catholic, then is, is faith no longer, is, is faith proved by science? Like, you know, right. Do we need faith anymore? If it's, if it's a hundred percent proven, like, so, so the, the faith aspect, you know, uh, and I, I, I was telling a lot of people coming through the exhibit. I said I, I truly believe the best thing that happened was the 1988 carbon dating test being, you know, a thousand years off. <laughs> uh, you know, because, because it says you have to have an element of faith. Um, you know, because it's not a hundred percent proven, 
And I, and I, and I think God likes it like that for at mm-hmm. least our generation, maybe, maybe in a few more generations, you know, things will be changed, but for our generation, I think God really likes that. Um, sure. And so now, for the average Christian, yeah. Now, um, I know you're still working on the documentary, but when can we check it out? When it's going to be available for the public? Yeah. So um, if you're in the Milwaukee area, we're actually going to be doing a uh, showing of the film at the McGuanago, uh Circle Community Center, um, which uh, is a suburb of Milwaukee. We're going to be doing a showing there on November 29th, but it's only going to be in person. It's not going to be released you know, anywhere else. Uh, so that's going to be um, kind of a uh you know opportunity for uh parishes to learn about how to bring it to their parish right so we're targeting pastors and priests um and uh we we may upload a portion of the presentation and and a section of the film on online for people to encounter that uh but after after that we're hoping to have the final film released for the general public ash wednesday so that's february 22nd of uh 2023 okay great uh, and you know that's you know kind of the uh you know lent easter season is kind of the high point for talking about uh the shroud and and you know the death and resurrection of jesus so uh you know those what is it gosh it'll be almost uh you know 10 weeks or whatever of of uh time to really delve into it and talk about it right now that isn't the only thing that patrick hart is up to this year you're also having this uh eucharistic summit in december as well can you tell us a little bit about that and where uh, people can well. Let's start. Where where's it going to be, and um, what are you hoping to accomplish with it? Yeah. So uh, so Anna Sanis, my co-host for Sewing Hope, came came to me with the idea, and she said, "Hey, how about three of our ministries collaborate on this uh, Eucharistic summit, um, and and put something out there in early December?" And I said, "Well, sure. I mean, you know, uh, I I think that's a great idea." And you know, the number of people that we uh, talk to in our ministries, uh, you know, on our podcast, much like kind of much like you, right, you know, talking uh, on your radio show or podcast, you meet all these amazing people and all these amazing speakers, and you want to continually have a relationship with them because uh, it's so awesome. So I know you're a part of it. Um, But but we, Ann and I said, hey, let's, um, you know, let's do this. And so it really is going to be like 15 minute talks. And, And, you know, we're also kind of coming into this Eucharistic year, this Eucharistic Congress, I believe in 2024. And so there's a big push, you know, church-wide, globally, and even in the United States for learning about the Eucharist and what is the Eucharist. And so um, this this Eucharistic focus led us to say, all right, well, let's participate in that. So um, 15-minute long videos, uh, we're going to be releasing them uh, on Vimeo uh, for for people to encounter. Um, You know, each of these different speakers, we have you know, yourself, we have Dr. Maria More, we have a whole bunch of uh, different speakers. We're going to get a list out. Um, you know, if, the, if you want more information, uh, contact me through, uh, you know, our website, patchworkheart.org, or sign up for our mailing list, because we're going to get, you know, all the different speakers out to you shortly and say, hey, you know, we've got X, Y, and Z speakers and whatnot. But 15-minute talks, uh, we're hoping to be able to go each night from like, 6 to 9 p.m. Uh, on December 6th, 7th, and 8th, uh, you know, obviously ending with the with the feast day of Our Lady on, on December 8th. Um, so, you know, that's that's kind of the goal, but everything will be available on demand too. So don't feel like you got to, oh my gosh, you got to tune in live and watch all this stuff, you know, these nights. We we know there's going to be a lot of speakers. We're hoping to get like 30 different speakers. So we, awesome. that, you know, 
take the time to digest it over over advent really you know take the time to digest right. it over advent and it and it's a beautiful time to do a eucharistic summit because you know when you think about it it's like preparing for the coming of jesus uh you know i i always love jesus being laid in the manger and um that that foreshadowing of the eucharist right there right like you know there he is laid in a feeding trough, <laughs> right? So like, right. you think about that, man, that's what we're preparing for. Great time for a Eucharistic summit. So yeah, uh, sign up. Uh, it, it, the sign up is available actually on uh, the St. Raymond Nonatus website, nonatus.org, if you want to direct sign up, but you can always reach out to us on our website or uh, through our mailing list, sign up for our mailing list um, on our website, and we'll uh, get you all the info too. Right. Again, our guest is Bill Snyder of Patrick Hart Ministry. You can check out the website at patrickhart.org. Bill, one other question before I let you get on with the rest of your day. What would you say to someone who maybe feels called to get into ministry, start a ministry, and they're not sure what to do? Uh, what would you say to someone? Yeah. Well, first of all, listen, listen to the Holy Spirit, right? Listen to that uh, prompt. Uh, and don't do what I do. Wait for the car ride home to uh, to get a whack by a two by four from the Blessed Mother. Uh, you know, listen to the Holy Spirit and say yes, you know, uh, much earlier than I did. But, um, you know, do that. But then, you know, secondly, I think, uh, plug yourself in uh, and, and never be afraid to, you know, ask questions and reach out. I think that's one of the biggest things that you know, I do is like, Hey, I need to connect with this person or, you know, the Holy Spirit's prompting me to connect with this person, send the email, you know, send the, send the Facebook messenger to the person. And the worst thing that's going to happen to you is it's, you know, not going to be returned or they're going to say no, right. you know, be, be willing to step out of the boat. Uh, you know, and don't worry about all the particulars because God has got all the details already worked out for you. So, so just follow, you know, what the Holy Spirit's talking, you know, into your heart about, um, and obviously, you know, keep, keep doing the things, um, that, that you're doing from the, you know, from the faithful aspect too, right. You know, faithfully go to church, um, faithfully, uh, you know, pray every day, uh, you know, love your family. Uh, you know, all of those things are really important. Um, you know, I mean, I basically am a full-time stay-at-home dad with a ministry that's full-time. Um, so that's what I do. Um, you know, and, and every time, you know, my, you know, my son turns off my computer in the middle of an editing session, I, I, you know, I, I, I remember, Hey, you're, you know, your husband, father first. Right. Uh, and, and, and that's the vocation. So, but do that and you will have success no matter how many times your 18 month old turns off your editing computer. Awesome. Bill, thanks so much for your time today. God bless you and your ministry. Thanks so much. William, it's awesome to be with you, man. Thank you again. All right. Take care.